Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, If that is the case, O God, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. He spoke and he commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it usually is heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke to his counselors. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, true, O king, look. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. For the Lord says, many of you have found yourself in the furnace of affliction, and you have felt as if the devil has turned up the heat seven times hotter. But the Lord says, because you've been resilient, because you have stood your ground, and you would not bow to the spirit of fear, you would not bow to the spirit of doubt, says the Lord. The Lord says, I am coming in the midst of your fire, for I am the fourth man in the fire, says the Lord, and I will cause you to stand in the midst of the fire, for the Lord says, I am proving you, I am testing you in the furnace of affliction, says the Lord, that I would bring you forth as gold, for I am preparing you for the new wine. I'm preparing you for the new glory. So do not look at what is seen with the natural eyes, nor look at your circumstances, says the Lord, for I am proving you, I am testing you, I am approving you, that I may bring you forth as gold, that I would bring you forth in the power of my spirit from the wilderness of affliction, says the Lord, that you would arise, that you would shine, that you would receive of my grace and my glory, for I am pouring out my new wine upon my church. Stand in the test, and I will prove you, I will prove you, and I will promote you, says the Lord. For have I not promised that my glory is coming? Have I not promised that my glory is rising upon you? So arise, stand the test of time, stand the test of adversity, stand the test of infirmity, stand the test of betrayal, and I will bring you forth as gold, says the Lord, for my glory, says God. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Shout unto God. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you the glory. Is there anybody here this morning? You're 53 years old. Or you were born in 1953. I don't know which one it is, but if that's you, I want you to come on up this morning. If you're 53 or born in 1953. All right. Is that you, Chuck? Anyone else? 
Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's, is that you, Ruthina? Come up, this word's for both of you this morning. This word's for both of you. Okay, this is, this is Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and equated with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. He opened not his mouth, and he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. I want you to come up just a little bit closer. This prophetic word is for both of you. For the Lord says, though you've been afflicted, though you have been oppressed, though you've even been left for dead, the Lord says, I have not forgotten you. For the Lord says, I am redeeming the time. And the Lord says, though you walked in affliction, the Lord says, affliction and despisement will not be your lot, says the Lord. For the Lord says, I have esteemed you even as I esteem my son. And though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord says, you shall fear no evil. For the Lord says, I am with you. The Lord says, I'm guiding you with my staff. And the Lord says, the rod that is in my hand will execute judgment on every enemy. The Lord says, I'm rebuking the spirit of fear, but I've, because I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord says, though you felt as if you've been dis, uh, despised, rejected of men, the Lord says, you're esteemed in my house. The Lord says, you're esteemed in my throne room. And the Lord says, have I not said that I've written a book of remembrance about those who have feared my name and meditate upon my name, says the Lord. The Lord says, I esteem your tears in my bottle, for I'm collecting them. And the Lord says, your tears of grief, your tears of intercession, I've collected. And the Lord says, am I not a redeemer of the time? Am I not a healer of your wounds, says the Lord? For the Lord says, I'm judging every spirit of rejection, every spirit of abandonment that's come out unto you. And the Lord says, I'm pouring in the oil, I'm pouring into the wine of healing into your souls that you would find rest. The Lord says, I speak shalom to your spirit. I speak shalom to your body, your mind, your will and emotion, says the Lord. The Lord says, you will not spend your nights wringing your hands. The Lord says, you will not be tormented by the, the whisperings of the enemy. But the Lord says, I will call up from your spirit that which is engraved on the tablets of your heart. And I will cause that which is written in heaven to ring in your ears, says the Lord. For you will not succumb to fear. You will not succumb to infirmity. You will not succumb to that which the enemy has used to try to trip you up. But the Lord says, I'm a setting a standard by my word that will rise up in your heart. For the Lord says, as you meditate upon my promises and that which I've written upon your heart, the Lord says, you will begin to arise. You will begin to shine. And the Lord says, I will put a sword in your hand to execute every enemy that has come against your life, against your 
your seed and everything that I have promised to you. For my promises are yes and amen. So arise, receive my promise. Arise and shine. Awake from your sleep and awake from your troubled sleep, says the Lord. For I have ordained you to walk in righteousness and peace and in the joy of my spirit. For I have called you forth as my kingdom ambassadors. The Lord says, as you've taken the horns of the altar, the Lord says, I'm pouring out my oil upon you and the oil of my spirit. The fire of the Lord will never go out upon the altar of your spirit for you have cried out unto me and interceded for others. Now I am interceding for you for deliverance is opening the door to you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. One, one, one other quick thing. So I've noticed the enemy really attacking our church with heart issues. With heart issues. And the Lord just brought this scripture to me in Luke chapter 21. And a lot of these heart issues have to do with fear. Luke chapter 21 verse 25. And there will be signs in the, in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress, say with me, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and waves roaring. Listen, verse 26, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I'm just going to, at this time, if if you have been having heart issues or anxiety issues uh, and, and you've got some fear issues in your life that are causing some symptoms in your body, especially with your heart. I want you to come up right now, if that's you. Where'd Pastor K go? Where'd she go? Pastor K. We got a lot of women here. Praise God. And um, I'm going to invite our ministry team to help. Ministry team, come up and help me pray. Steve, if you'll come over here, Steve, Steve, come on, come on over here. I'm going to pray for you. We need our ministry team up here. Who's getting prayed for and who's, get, okay, okay. I want church, I want you to begin to pray. Come on, pray with us. And we can sing a song of healing. Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Spirit of fear, intimidation, trepidation. We rebuke you. We command you to loose him. Let him go. Spirit of fear, go right now in the name of Jesus. We judge you fear. For you have not given them the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We declare soundness of mind we declare boldness and we thank you lord that your love casts out all fear we pray oh god for the embrace of heaven right now father embrace every one of these with the embrace of your great love in the name of jesus we speak peace to the storm shalom shalom say we need church come on Shalom. shalom 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 
We speak shalom to their spirit, soul, and body, their mind, will, and emotions. And we command all fear to go in the name of Jesus, all anxiety, all depression. We say go right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We speak peace to the storm. In the name of Jesus. Be free. We speak healing to every heart. We speak peace to every heart. We speak to the veins, the arteries, the capillaries, the chambers, the ventricles, every part of the heart. We say be made whole now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be free. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. God, how many of you feel the presence of the Lord in this place? So good, so good, so good. Peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus in Jesus' mighty name. Worship team, great job this morning. Give them a hand. We're going to move right into the word this morning. This is a prophetic word for this church. I believe it's a prophetic word for the greater body of Christ. More prophetic than probably a lot of things that have been brought forth here recently that actually brings a, change, a course correction or a course change. How many realize that? Sometimes God will get your attention and you realize that you got to make a course correction. Amen. And so this is one of these messages uh, this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. That's actually going to be on the screen, but you may want to have your Bibles open. We're going to, how many of you know I'm a, Bible, I'm a Bible preacher? I'm going to preach from the Word. Deuteronomy 28. And we're going to begin reading at verse 15. And in uh, Deuteronomy 28, it talks about all the blessings that come upon those that obey the Lord and also mentions all the curses too. So 
in verse 15, it says, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I commend you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So he mentions all these curses, one of them being in verse 32. Verse 32 says, Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long, and there shall be nothing you can do. Let's pray. Father, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint my tongue, that it would be as it were the pen of a ready writer to speak a word in season that would bring revelation to rejuvenation to your people, Father. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you're saying to the church. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. So actually, this passage of Scripture is actually mentioning the curse of fatherlessness to those fathers that have been disobedient to the word of God and to the word of the Lord. You see, the iniquities of the fathers produce estranged relationships with their children. And we look at our society today and we see that there is a curse of fatherlessness that is upon our nation. So in America, 24% of children go up, grow up uh, fatherless. 24, that's almost one out of four grow up fatherless. And the statistics between fatherless, fatherlessness are really breathtaking. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 70% of teen pregnancies come from fatherless homes. 75% of children on drugs come from fatherless homes. 75% of jailed Juveniles come from fatherless homes. Fatherless children are twice as likely to die as an infant. They are twice as likely to suffer suffer obesity. They are twice as likely to drop out of school. They are four times, listen now, four times more likely to be impoverished. And listen to this, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. So we see that the curse of fatherlessness is upon our nation. And how many of you know that in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing, King James says, manifestation of the sons of God. All of creation is eagerly awaiting with great expectation the manifestation or the revealing of the sons of God. So i got a question for you this morning. If creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, what are the sons of God waiting for? They're waiting for the manifestation of spiritual fathers. You see, the revealing of the sons of God depends on the manifestation of spiritual fathers. Without spiritual fathers, sons of God remain spiritual 
orphans. You see, in the absence of fatherhood, young men will seek out the brotherhood. In other words, in the absence of paternity, young men will seek fraternity. Amen? That's why we see men without fathers joining gangs, joining fraternities, joining certain groups. Why? Because they're looking for a father. They're looking for a mentor. So this is the problem, fatherlessness. How many know for every problem that God's, God's got a solution? Amen? He's got a solution. That solution can be found in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. How many know that the, this is the last two verses of the entire Old Testament? This is the last thing that's said in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah. Say with me, Elijah. Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Listen now. What's Elijah going to do? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Say with me. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to the fathers, listen, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Say with me, a curse. All right. So one of the prime directives of end-time prophetic ministry is to reconcile fathers to children. The ministry of repentance produces not only reconciliation between God and men, but also produces reconciliation between fathers and children. Amen? And so the reconciliation of fathers and children not only breaks the curse of fatherlessness, but also spearheads the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace throughout the body of Christ. I'm going to prove it to you. Psalm 133. This is not in a slide, so you're going to have to look it up. Psalm 133. Look at BibleGateway.com or look in your paper Bible. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. Say with me, brethren. In other words, the brothers. The brethren to dwell together in unity. Say with me, unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of the garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Listen now. For there the Lord commanded, say with me, commanded, the blessing. Say with me, the blessing. Life evermore. He didn't say a blessing. He said the blessing. He is commanding the blessing. How many know that the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace is one of the ideals that Jesus preached about and prayed about in his high priestly prayer to the Father in John 17, that they would be one, even as you and the Father and I am one, that the world may believe that you sent me. Amen? How many of you realize that this is spearheaded by the blessing that comes from fatherhood. This is how it's sought out. This is how it's brought forth. You see, the brothers, listen carefully, the brothers 
come into the fullness of sonship and the Lord's commanded blessing of unity when spiritual fathers are present and active. And the opposite is true if they're absent. You see, brothers, the brethren, remain orphans. Say with me, orphans. And are subject to not only curses, but also spirits of bondage, including fear, rejection, jealousy, and abandonment, when spiritual fathers are absent. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, on your screen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say with me, sons of God. What is all creation waiting for? They're waiting for the manifestation, the revealing of the sons of God. And if there is no spiritual fathers, there will not be any manifestation, no revelation or revealing or unveiling of the sons of God. This is how important this is. You do not receive the spirit of bondage. Say with me, bondage. Again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Say with me, spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out what? Abba, Father. Every one of us, men and women alike, are looking for Abba, Father. But how many of you know that even though you find Abba Father in heaven, and sometimes that is enough, but most times it is not. They've got to find Abba Father here in the earth. Amen? And so the blessing of unity trumps the curse of fatherlessness. Amen? It only comes when fathers step up and come to the plate. Amen? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. So what's going on in the body of Christ is happening in the world. As we don't have in the body of Christ, we don't have many spiritual sons and daughters. We've got many spiritual orphans. And an orphan is... Subject to rejection, the spirit of rejection, the spirit of abandonment, and an unsettledness where they feel like they don't belong. They can't find their place in the body of Christ because they don't know the love of a heavenly father because the love of a natural father or a spiritual father hasn't been demonstrated to them. That breeds insecurity, which leads to jealousy. And jealousy always leads to Jezebel, and Absalom always does. So that's what we have in the body of Christ. People are so insecure that they're trying to run somebody else's race, get someone else's mantle, or try to position themselves where God has not put them. That's why we've got so much disjointedness in the body of Christ, because we're, we're hurting a bunch of spiritual orphans. What's the solution? Apostolic motherhood and apostolic fatherhood. These are the, this is what God is prescribing in this time. Now, I wanted to briefly go over. How many know we're moving into the third great awakening? How many of you realize that? Okay. I believe that Asbury was the spark. Okay. It's happening, and we got to move into it. 
Now, there's certain indications of what this move of God is going to bring forth. I'm going to go over four of those. And how many of you know that the number 1111 has, is characterizing this third great awakening? How many? I've been seeing 1111. How many have been seeing 1111? Everywhere I go, 1111 on the clock. 1111. In fact, <laughs> in fact, about three weeks ago, uh, Kay, Kay bought some, uh, and it was still good, but it was reduced meat. You know, we going to go get a bargain, right? And so she picks up, I think, was, was it pork or what was it? I don't remember. She, she brought, she oh, well, here it is. And guess how much it cost? 11-11. Everywhere I go, 11-11, everywhere. And we're finding out it is the number of this awakening and revival. And how many know God confirms things by his scripture? Amen? So the first uh, scripture I want you to look at is Isaiah 11-11. And what we're finding is that God is reclaiming and recovering his remnant. Amen? Isaiah eleven eleven, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand. Say with me, set his hand. Now, I could only find a really good picture of somebody touching the hand, but I believe he's touching the head. Amen? It says that he has set his hand again the second time. Say with me the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left. That word recover actually means to reclaim. So the Lord is reclaiming and recovering his remnant church that has been tested in the wilderness of affliction who have walked through an extended spiritual drought. Anybody can identify The Lord is placing his right hand of blessing on his remnant church, reclaiming and recovering them as his own and recommissioning them in preparation for a grand harvest of souls. How many know he's doing that? He has reclaimed it. He's reclaimed his church. How many know he's trying to steal it through many different means, false grace messages, uh, I can't even go into all the false doctrine and false moves of God, but how many know God's going to have his way? He is reclaiming his remnant. He is recovering his remnant church. We're not going to fall by the wayside. God's going to have his way. He's going to have a pure and spotless bride that are c- going to carry the anointing. They're going to have the power of God in their hands, the word of the Lord upon their lips. They're going to be anointed to the teeth to do despite to the devil. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Amen. There's a real God and there's a real devil. And God is using his remnant church to trample the devil under our feet. Amen. So Isaiah 11, 11, number two, he's not only recovering and reclaiming his remnant, he is reviving his remnant. Say with me, reviving his remnant. John eleven eleven. Remember when Lazarus had passed away and his disciples didn't know it? And they were walking, and the Lord knew he was going to die. And they said, came back, and, well, the Lord, you know, Lazarus rests. He said, that's good. He said, no, he's dead. <laughs> John eleven eleven. These things he said, and after he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. 
Amen. God is waking up his church in his hour. He is not only reclaiming you. He's not only recovering his remnant. He is reviving his remnant. He is placing his right hand upon the remnant church. He's shaking us out of our spiritual slumber. Sometimes you got to shake them to awaken them. Amen. He is shaking us out of our spiritual slumber. He is waking us up to our destiny as sons and daughters of the king. Amen. So God's reclaiming, recovering, reviving his remnant. Why? That it may bring us to a place of repentance. Remember, remember out of Malachi 4, 6, he said, behold, I send the prophet Elijah. What was the prophet Elijah's ministry through John the Baptist? It was the message of repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many know that John the Baptist carried the spirit and mantle of Elijah? There is a remnant church rising in this hour that carries the spirit and mantle of Elijah to preach repentance to fathers, to turn their hearts back to the children. Amen. Revelation eleven eleven. Remember, there were two witnesses. In Revelation, say with me, two witnesses. These two witnesses were the two prophets of God. Amen? And many scholars concur, and I do also, that those two prophets are Elijah and Enoch. They, both of them, had never died in the earth. How many know that Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind into heaven? He didn't die. How many know that Enoch walked with God? The Bible says, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked so closely with the Lord that the Lord took him. Amen? Revelation eleven eleven. Now after, no, so they killed these prophets. Amen? The devil killed them. In the book of Revelation, they were dead. Say with me, dead. D-E-A-D, dead. Double dead. Amen? Revelation 11, 11, and now after three and a half days, say with me, three and a half days, the breath of life from God, say with me, the breath of life from God entered the two witnesses and they stood on their feet and great fear fell on them who saw them. So we see that there are two prophets God's raised up in this last hour. We've got those who walk in the spirit and power of Elijah who preach a message of repentance as more of a prophet teacher anointing. How many of you have seen that? A lot of times prophets are teachers. How many of you realize that? But there is a message of repentance that will cause the hearts of the fathers to turn back to the children. But that is not enough. You need the Enoch anointing as well. So we've got Elijah with a message of repentance. But did you know that Enoch was actually the first prophet in the Bible? He walked with God and he was not. Enoch represents the ministry of reconciliation. Because he walked with God. As an apostolic father. Say with me, apostolic father. 
So you need two anointings here. You need the anointing of the prophet Elijah and the ministry of repentance, but you also need the anointing of the prophet Enoch, who has the ministry of reconciliation. You need the intermingling of those two anointings in this time. If you're going to cause fathers to repent, turn back, and be reconciled not only to God, but to their children. Listen, those fathered by God can father sons. Those fathered by God can father sons. That's what God's looking for in this hour. Amen? So there is a reclaiming, a recovering, a reviving of a remnant. And there also is the repentance of the fathers and reconciliation of sons. I was doing some praying and research this weekend, and the Lord began to show me that there was also a restoration of the remnant. And he showed me Luke eleven eleven, And this is how this is practically worked out with fathers and sons. Luke eleven eleven. If a son, say with me, son, ask for bread from any father, say with me, father, among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, there is a companion scripture in Matthew 7 that says something a little bit different. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things? Say with me, good things to those who ask him. So I begin to do a little bit of introspection and uh, some research into the bread, the fish and the egg, and also the stone, the serpent, and the scorpion. The Father's blessing has everything to do with the bread, the fish, and the egg. The bread represents God's procreative power. The fish uh, represents the provision of God, and the egg represents the prophetic promise of God. The stone represents a hardened heart and the law that kills. The serpent is representative of deception and death. The scorpion, the sting of rejection. The father's blessing has everything to do with God's creative power, his provision and prophetic promise. But the father's curse, remember it says, that there would be a curse that would go out throughout the earth. That curse goes upon the sons. The father that has a hardened heart brings a law with no grace, leads children into deception and death, and rejects them with a scorpion sting. The restoration of the remnant will be accomplished by apostolic fathers who break off from orphans the curses of religion, deception, death, and rejection, 
and bless spiritual sons with the procreative power, provision, and prophetic promises of God. Amen? You see, apostles are spiritual fathers and mothers, not masters, not rulers. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, he mourned the fact that there were many, many teachers but very few fathers. 1 Corinthians 4.15 For though you might have 10,000 instructors or teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. Say with me, begotten you through the gospel. Today we call fathers mentors. Nevertheless, We all ultimately seek a father, not another teacher. Why? Because, listen now, teachers show you how to do it, but fathers will walk you through it. Teachers disseminate information, but fathers catalyze transformation. Teachers charge a price, but fathers pay a price. Teachers collect, but fathers correct. Teachers forget you, but fathers beget you. We need fathers in the body of Christ. The attributes of apostolic fathers and mothers are clearly communicated In Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, we're going to hit the apostolic motherhood first. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you. We were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. You see, like mothers, apostles demonstrate gentleness, affection, and a sincere longing for the success of their spiritual children, imparting not only the doctrines of Christ, they impart their very lives. Amen? What about apostolic fatherhood? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In verse 10, he goes on to say, You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly, say it with me, devoutly, and justly, justly, say it with me, justly, and blamelessly, we behaved ourselves among you who believe, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, listen now, as a father does his own children. Why? Why does he do all that? That you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. You see, like fathers, apostles demonstrate devotion to cause, to the cause of Christ. They walk blamelessly and they judge righteously. Apostles also exhort, comfort, and charge. That word charge means to command. We got to need more commanding guys of our children, not suggesting, not asking them questions. Will you do this? Will you do this for me? No, you command your children. 
Bible says. Charge all their spiritual children that they would have a walk worthy of the Lord. So, where does this bring us? As a church, over the last, let's say, year and a half, we begin to pray that God would send spiritual sons and spiritual daughters to this church. He's begun to do that, but we'd like to see more. Amen? The next generation. How many know that God needs to touch this XYZ generation? Amen? That do not know God. The statistics of those who go off to college and come back without God is incredible. Most of them leave God once they go to college. That's probably because there's been a, a spiritual fatherlessness at home. They've never been mentored. Amen? And so, actually, one year ago, this month, let me just share this with you so I can give you a context of it. In April of last year, I had a prophetic vision. And the Lord encountered, I had an encounter with the Lord. And he said, if you will not receive this apostolic mantle, I will not be able to allow you to steward the awakening I'm bringing. And so I had been prophesied over for years that I uh, had an apostolic anointing. I was called as an office of the apostle, and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it because of all the false apostles I had seen in the body of Christ. So I just kind of shunned it. The Lord came to me and he said, if you will not accept this apostolic mantle, I'm not going to be able to do with you what I want to do regarding revival. And so it came to me that way. And uh, Apostle Robert Henderson um, was coming the next month. And so to make a long story short, I asked him, I said, will you consider, and I told him everything that had happened over the years about the apostolic and all that. We asked him, as our spiritual covering, to commission me as an apostle, which he did last May. So that was a year ago. That was a year ago. And so this last week, I began praying again. I began asking the Lord. I said, Lord, please send spiritual sons, send spiritual daughters to this church. And while I was praying, he interrupted me. First time he interrupted me when I was praying this prayer, he stopped me and he said, okay, he asked me, he said, if I bring them, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do? And it cut to my heart. I was like, because I realized that I've been a prophet teacher, but I really haven't been an apostolic father. You know, we have the men of the way men's uh, ministry that I, I've been going to that for since we began. I think I missed one or two in seven years. But the Lord showed me it's not a fatherhood. It's an apostolic brotherhood. And so, and it's wonderful. We got Tom Shizzle leading that. And it's mainly people older than me that go to that ministry. And it's a blessing. But it's a brotherhood. It's not a fatherhood. And so the Lord convicted me that I need to start fathering the spiritual sons that God's bringing to this house. And so I reached out to Dennis Goldsworthy Davis. Now, many of you don't know that his church is about the same size as this church, maybe a little bit smaller. But I began to talk to Dennis Goldsworthy. He was just here a few weeks ago. And he actually mentors sons. And every Saturday at 7 a.m., 30 spiritual sons show up for him to mentor. And he began to tell me what he did and stuff and the importance of it. And so, um, so what the Lord's put in my heart 
with number one, I'm going to repent to all the spiritual sons in this house. I'm going to repent for not being a spiritual father to you. So I'm going to repent for that. I've taught you, but I don't feel like I've been a father, like I need to be apostolically. So starting next Saturday, (laughs) you can go to the next slide. Uh, We are starting an apostolic mentorship. It's called Father to Son. So we're going to start. I'm not going to actually come out 7 a.m. It's going to be 10 a.m. We're going to start with once a month. And so this is uh, going to be the week before Men of the Way. We're going to have Father to Son, the second Saturday of every month at 10 a.m. for all the spiritual sons. You may say, well, who is that? I feel like it can't be anybody older than me. I can't father someone who's older than me. Does that make sense, church? I don't want to restrict it, yet at the same time, I feel like it well, needs to be somebody who's not considered, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Older. Let's say, let's say less than 55. I'm 58, so 55 and under. And you look around, there's not many. Uh, I'm, you know, one of the younger ones in the church, you know. So we gotta st- we're going to get started, though. And it's like, I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord, and I'm going to pour into these young guys. I don't know all what it's going to look like, but I'm going to make time. I'm going to make time to do this once a month to begin with, Saturday at uh, 10 a.m. So it's going to be for counsel, coaching, impartation, activation, discipleship, ministry, fellowship, prayer. And here's the thing. You don't have to be called to the fivefold ministry. This is for all. How many of you can be a spiritual son and not be a preacher or whatever, right? Just You could be maybe a, a king in the marketplace or a king in education. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's for all. It's for all. It's not just for ministry or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It'll be part of, of that. But that's what God's put in my heart to do. He's really convicted me this past week. And so um, if we could have, I'm just going to ask Kelly, if you could come on up and, and, and begin to play. Because I here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I want to pray over uh, spiritual sons this morning. I want to, I want to impart a spiritual blessing or father's blessing to all the, all the guys that let's say are 55 and under or under 55 that see me as an apostolic father, as an apostolic father of this house to release a blessing on you. So everybody stand up. If you could just begin to play Kelly, cause I know Bryce is part of that group. And, uh, any, any of those guys that are here this morning, I realize it's going to be probably a smaller group to begin with, but we're believing God. So come on up, Bryce, and then any, anybody else in that age group. That includes our media team guys, our media team guys. All right, so line up, line up straight, guys. And, and after congregation, just begin to pray in the spirit. Just begin to pray in the spirit. I'm just going to bless these guys. So I just want to repent to all of you right now. I repent for not being the spiritual father 
that I, that I should be. And so I repent for you for that. I ask you solicit your prayers for wisdom on how to do this. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless Samuel. I bless him for the man of God that he is. And I just right now impart, Lord, Father's blessing over him, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that he will soar. He'll roar. Thank you, Lord, that he will take back everything the enemy has taken from him. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the roar of the lion that is within him, O God. And I pray, O God, your blessing over him in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless Greg, the Father's blessing. I thank you, Lord, he's coming out of, Lord, the cave of indecision. I thank you, Lord, for clear path. And I pray, God, Lord, that you would write upon the tablets of his heart the plans and purposes written in heaven. I pray, God, reveal them to him, God. Father, I just remove the blinders from his eyes. And I pray, oh God, that you would just put a spirit of might upon him, Lord. Cause the spirit of might to rise up within him. To come out of the cave of indecision and begin to press toward the mark for your prize of his high calling upon him in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless Bryce, and I speak to the gift of God that is within him, O God. And I pray, O God, it would be stirred up in the name of Jesus. Be stirred in the name of Jesus. Fill him fully, God, with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel that is upon him. I just speak increase, Lord, to the gift of God that is within him in the name of Jesus. And I bless him with the Father's blessing in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless Wesley. Thank you, Lord, for his heart's desire for your presence, Father. And Father, I just take authority, Father, of everything that has hindered him from running, Father. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that the memories of the past, that's just it. They're past. They're past memories. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that he will not turn and look back like Lot's wife and turn into a pillar of salt. But Father, you will cause him to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I thank you, Lord, for the glory of God that's rising upon him. I bless him with the blessing of the Lord. And I pray, oh God, that as he's put on this garment of zeal, Lord, that that zeal will become infectious. Lord, that he would not look back, but look forward to the hope of your calling in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I bless Ron today, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing and the grace that is upon him. Thank you, Lord. I just speak to the gift of God that has been within him, stirring, 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 night after night, night after night, night after night. The Lord says that he's going to cause that which he placed within you to manifest. The enemy's tried to shut you down. There's been like a cork that the enemy has tried to cap your, cork your bottle. But the Lord says, I'm blowing the cork. I'm blowing the cork. And the Lord says, the treasure of heaven that's within you is being released in this hour. And the Lord says, I just, I, I just call forth, Lord, this new wine. Lord, these rivers of living water, Father, out of his very soul, out of his spirit, Father. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for the release of the new wine. 
the release of the floods of heaven out of his belly, Father. No more limitations. No more limitations. Father, thank you for the free-flowing spirit that flows out of him, Father. We break off all spirits of intimidation, all spirits of hesitation. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the fullness, that he would come into the fullness, the fullness of a manifest Son of God in the name of Jesus. I bless him with the blessing of the Lord. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Father, I bless Ivan. Lord, in the spirit of gentleness and grace that is upon him. The Lord says, my gentleness through you is known unto all men. And so, Father, I thank you for the gentleness and the prophetic spirit that you placed upon him. And I pray, God, for a stirring of the gift of God. More dreams, more visions. I speak to the prophetic gift within him. And I pray, God, for articulation, accuracy, Lord God. Lord, articulation, Lord, release his tongue, God, to speak as a sharp pencil writes upon a tablet, O God. Thank you, God, Lord, for a clear vision. And Lord, that you would not only write the vision on the tablets of his heart, but Lord, through the word of the Lord out of his mouth, that he would clearly speak what saith the Lord in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I bless David, my son. I bless him with the blessing of the Lord. Father, I speak to the gift and the grace that is upon him, O God. And I pray, O God, for a stirring. And Lord, that anything that's hindered him, God, would be cast aside. I pray, God, that you would give him steely eyes. Lord, that he would set his heart and his eyes upon the mark and the prize of your high calling. And I thank you, Lord God, for burning out the chaff in his life. I pray, God, holy fire upon him. I pray for the fire of God to burn out, Lord, everything that competes with you, God, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for the gift of God, the gentleness of his spirit, Lord God, that's a blessing not only to him, but to many. And Father, I bless David with the a gift of Lord, of grace, Lord, that you've given unto him. And I thank you, Lord God, Lord, that every standard the enemies raised up against him, Lord, that he would break it down and cause him to run. Father, I take his life off of pause. And Father, we put it into play this morning. We put it into play. Play. Move. In the name of Jesus. The Lord says, I'm setting a mark. Even in a dream, the Lord said, I'm going to set a mark. Will you run for it? Will you go for it? Will you run for the vision? For the vision for the appointed time, but begin to run, says the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Bless you, young men, this morning. I believe our ministry team has gone to Sweet 100 for prayer this morning, but um, if you need special prayer this morning, so if you'll just go through those doors and you'll just uh, go to Sweet 100, our ministry team is there to minister to you this morning. Praise God. Kelly, can you lead us in a song this morning? Sure. It can be a prophetic song. Amen.
calling your sons. There you go. There you go. You're calling your sons to your heart. You're calling the fathers. Yes. Calling them to rise up. You're calling your sons. You're calling your sons to come. And you're calling the fathers. You're calling the fathers to rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up, fathers. Rise up. Rise up, sons. Rise up, fathers. Rise up. I've given you wisdom. I've given you wisdom to give. Given you everything you need to raise up a generation that's after me. So arise, arise, I'm calling you out today. So arise, arise, I'm calling you out today, it's a mandate, can you hear it? I'm turning the hearts of the fathers to the children. And I'm turning the sons back to the father's heart. Oh, I'm turning the father's hearts to the children. And I'm turning the children back to the father's heart. So rise, arise, and hear my heartbeat, hear my heartbeat for family. I want my family. I want my family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If everybody would just lift up your hands, I'm going to bless you. Pastor Kane and I are going to meet you at the door. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless your people this morning. I declare they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I declare, Lord God, they are ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation, epistles read of all men, vessels of honor, spiritual mothers and fathers. They may have come in as a lamb, but they're going out as a lion this morning. So on the count of three, we're going to roar in this church. Ready, church? One, two, three. God bless you. We'll meet you at the door.